Welcome to Speaking of Humanity. I'm Nahama Robinson, developer of the Unconflict Personality System for Supporting Relationship, www.unconflict.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode in this Speaking of Dating Profiles series. With me today is Julius, who I'm so excited uh, to have on the podcast. Welcome, Julius. So great to have you. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah. Why don't you introduce yourself, start by sharing anything that you would like our listeners to know about you? Yeah, of course. Um, Well, my name is Julius. I am a content creator, YouTuber, and advocate um, based out of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I am also living, I'm a mental health advocate, so I'm also very open about my mental health and mental illness. I'm living with bipolar disorder type 1, but I really just make videos um, about all different aspects of the illness, from relationships to medication to just interacting with people and how I interact with people. Um, And I've been doing this since 2018. I am 24 years old, so I've dated before, but, you know, I've, I think in the past have um, not been necessarily ready for dating or like ready in the right mindset, if that makes sense. I think I've been focused on work or I've been focused on my health or I've been focused on so many other things. Um, And it hasn't been until recently that I've really taken a step back and thought, how do I approach, you know, living with someone else or, you know, incorporating my life with other people? How do I share a life with somebody else and understanding that it's not just all about me? Um, So I've been looking into other areas and what that means and how do I incorporate that? How do I, is it through hobbies? Because I enjoy, you know, college football. I enjoy sailing. I enjoy clearly making videos? Is it just about hobbies? Is it about interests? Do I find somebody or, you know, on the other side, do I find people who um, don't share the same interests as me? And I was hung up a lot on trying to think about all of this before, you know, meeting somebody or think about this when I was going on dates with people. Um, And it's only until very recently that I've just stopped wanting to think or I've attempted to, you know, just don't think, just do, just meet people and try to be organically without preconceived thoughts awesome awesome so i'd say that for the longest time you know growing up as a kid i think as many people do um i only identified as being quote-unquote straight um it's not until recently or i guess it hasn't been so much so recently now that i i I date everybody if that makes sense when i say everybody i mean um from non-binary to binary to male to female to i don't have a gender identity um or a gender or a sexual orient i have a gender identity it's he him his <laughs> i don't have a sexual orientation identity um and while some would say that's pansexual um i don't get hung up on all of the different terms that people may call me i get called lots of different things uh, but my own preference i just don't identify under a label um i believe in loving and liking people um and i've sort of kind of gone with that um yeah fabulous, fabulous. uh yeah i really appreciate you sharing all of that so i want to get started by getting a sense of your relationship history um I know you said that up till recently, you really, whether you didn't have the bandwidth or you sort of felt that 
um, for whatever reason, you weren't quite, quite in the right place um, to really maybe fully commit to a relationship. Is that what you were saying that you didn't have the, because you have dated. So is it, I guess, let me, I, I want to clarify what you said before. Is it that in any relationship you were in, you were not fully ready to commit or that there were really long stretches of time where you weren't even ready to look, you know, or is it both, you know, or neither, or, you know, something else, you know, I'm trying to get a sense of what you really meant by, by that. Right. Does that make sense? Does my question make sense? Yes. Um, yeah. So in the past, I mean, I really only go back towards because I'm 24 years old. I, really only consider maybe like the latter end of high school into college. So, um, but I've dated since then, um, both men and women. Um, and I've thought of it, you know, I've, I've dated, let me see how I would word this. When I was dating, I think I was going into it trying to come up with this perfect life uh, or think about, you know, who would I want to create the perfect life with? And it was never based on, you know, maybe connection. And, you know, I've, I've loved since then, and I've definitely cared for everybody who I've dated, but I don't think that I was in a spot that was ready to share with other people, if that makes sense. Um, so I've, I've dated with, and then only upon reflection realized like, hmm, okay, maybe, you know, I shouldn't have been in this relationship, or maybe, you know, in this relationship, I should have done this differently. Or, you know, in my next relationship, I really think I need to give more of myself here or um, it's all been upon reflecting afterwards. Um, I will say that I did stop in 2018 um, or really for the majority of college, um, I had stopped dating simply because of my bipolar disorder diagnosis. Um, and I wanted to kind of get that under wraps. But other than that, there hasn't really been a defined period where I was like, no, I'm not dating. Um, it's only until recently now I was in a relationship that was pretty serious um, until last December. So we're coming up on a year since yeah. having been single, um, but that I've been trying to do this whole, whole organic thing where it's, you know, I'm not necessarily looking for a relationship like point blank, but I am looking for one if that, if that makes any sense. Um, it's it whatever comes, comes. <laughs> it absolutely makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. So I want to ask you sort of a general question, and it's really up to you if you think that talking specifically about that last relationship that you had that ended last December is sort of going to answer the question kind of the most, in the most helpful way, or in the way that will allow me to be as, as helpful as possible, um, or if you just want to answer in general, completely up to you. But I'm, tr I'm trying to get a sense of sort of a combination of your takeaways from past relationships and your vision, you know, and these obviously overlap, but your vision for now that you really feel ready to attract, you know, an organic connection, what, so I know you're not spending time, you know, sort of putting it into a box or trying to really define it in any particular way, but are there any intuitive, just, I don't know, feelings or, or, or values or ways that you want to experience it? Um, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'd say that for me right now, it's, 
I am, I want to be able to give myself, and when I say give myself, I mean, if that's physical or emotionally, um, like my entire self. So I feel in my last relationship specifically, even in other relationships beforehand, but I always felt like I was hiding a part of me, um, mm-hmm. whether that is a big part, a small part, I was always hiding something. Um, and because of that, I always felt as though I was never 100% in, and that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, I wasn't 100% into the person or, you know, wanting to move further with the person. I just felt as though I didn't have that one person that I could go to for everything or anything without feeling judged or fear of some, there was some fear that was blocking me. So as I move on, I, that's my biggest thing is being able to be 100% open and share everything. (laughs) Be yourself. Be completely yourself. So yeah. others, others, and again, only share what you're comfortable with. I, I'm, um, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. But I'd like to know: is it is there one particular? Are there some specific aspects of yourself that you kind of that have held that you've held back before that you specifically have felt that you're concerned you'll be judged for, or for whatever reason have felt um have been hard for you to share or is it just in general whatever you're comfortable just saying more about that yeah um obviously some of it is more general um you know i i mean i it goes to being generalized and me not expressing you know what we're going to eat tonight or me not wanting to eat this and not feeling comfortable saying it because i have Mm -hmm. i do deal with severe anxiety but there's other parts of me that um, pertains to like my mental illnesses. So like childhood trauma or just being self-aware in terms of some of the actions that I do or some of the things that I do, being aware that, you know, they might not be the best. So if I get upset at my partner or in the past, having felt some type of way, having felt, you know, let down or having felt angry, sad, whatever that emotion would be, um, sometimes I'll recognize it and I'll have to, I would want the desire to express to my partner, hey, I'm feeling this way. It's nothing necessarily that you did, but it doesn't take away from the fact that I'm still feeling this way. This is why I'm feeling this way. Um, I hope that you can understand, but I might need a moment to process or um, I'm not really sure how to go about this. Um, a lot of times something, it might not even be a negative, but um, if a partner is um speaking to me in a certain type of way or if something's miscommunicated through text or something in that long something around that realm um mm-hmm. i'd want to figure it out together rather than it be on me to identify the problem and then figure out a solution and then bring it to them um i really want it to be while it's not their responsibility i really would like to share in that kind of navigation um Absolutely. as in like okay this is what we're going to do yes Yes. Do you have a sense of a specific way that I can be particularly helpful? So I have generally how I approach these interviews, but I really, you know, before just taking that route, um, I really want to give you an opportunity to say what you need. If there's something specific that you think would be you know, the most helpful to you in, in this interview, do you have a sense of what you would like to walk away from this interview with um, that you didn't come in with? 
Um, to answer your question, honestly, is I don't necessarily have anything that I came in aiming to walk away with. I think if I were to pick one, it would still be an open-ended question in the sense that I wanted to come in a very open-ended and I didn't want not necessarily to have any goals, but I wanted to, I don't know. <laughs> I wanted it to be, I was looking for something that would be, I, I hate using the word organic because I feel like I've used that yeah. too many times, okay. but okay. I wanted to, it was open-ended for me in the sense that I was exploring. Yeah. You just wanted to, to see how it flowed essentially to let it flow. Um, and that's great. I just wanted to make sure that if you did have something in mind that I could respond to it or that I could support it. So what I'd like to do, obviously you've given a tremendous amount of thought to what it means to be in a relationship, um, what you bring to relationship, sort of what you want to receive in a relationship. And you've thought a lot about it and you sort of want to get to a place where you're not thinking so much about it. So what I want to try to do in this interview is um, help you not have to not think about it so much, which is, you know, typically I answer, I ask a bunch of questions and that would kind of make you, you need to think about it more. So I want to try to, um, direct my questions in a way that will really be open-ended. And I want you to know that whatever I ask you, you do not need to answer it in, in any specific way, or you don't even have to answer my question. You can just say what comes to mind in response to my question. So there's no, no, no specific, you don't have to fit what you're saying into any box. Um, just really. So I want to make sure to you know, to this interview so you know there's no stress. There's no really whatever comes to mind. Okay, so let's at least you know try to um, yeah, perfect. Try to do that. Um, so, what I what I think would be really positive at this point is to paint a picture that's again not not a picture that's limiting. But it, mm-hmm. that's actually expansive, you know, that, exp- that sort of helps expand um, whatever visions you've brought to previous relationship. I sort of want to take an approach um, of, of expanding that and really supporting your desire to sort of expand that, you know. Um, so... If you have a vision, so again, this, this is not the same as saying, oh, I want my relationship to, you know, check these boxes, you know, but just a vision. Like if you were making a painting of your ideal relationship, what would that painting look like? You know, if you were um, making you know, this is going to sound really corny and I don't know, you know, a song about your, just something that's sort of almost an artistic expression of it, or, or it could be, but it doesn't have to be, it could just be a movie that's, you know, surreal in whatever way. Um, Yeah. 
Um, I, mean? I, when you say that, it's funny. It's I, um, I automatically think. I know when I think about paintings about my you know relationship, I think about blue. I think about tranquility. I think about it's kind of cliche almost to sound, but I think about beauty. I don't know. I I want it to be peaceful. I don't think about necessarily. Obviously, love is in there, but I think about what does love mean to me, yes. and I think about peace and yes. just. Uh, yeah. something I can kind of fall, literally fall into, not necessarily catching me, but something that, somewhere I feel safe. That, that is so, um, such a beautiful answer. And I really love that answer. And it happens to be a perfect segue to talking about your personality type. Uh, before we started recording, asked you the two multiple choice questions right, that I used to determine someone's personality. And you are a social explorer. And as you just said, social explorers really, their happy place, the happy place of social explorers is a sense of peace, a sense of unconditional acceptance, um, a sense of belonging, which I really think is all really wrapped up in what you just said. Do you agree? I do. Um, it's when I hear, I forgot all about the social exploring part, but when I hear exploring, that's exactly what I think about exploring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so... So that really brings us to looking at your personality type, which, so your core personality is a social explorer. And that means that your two bodyguard personalities are social change maker and physical connector. So social change maker is, as it sounds like, very compassionate, very giving. Um, you have an aspect of your personality that can manifest in different ways. You know, everyone's an individual. So if you take a hundred people of your personality type, you're no one's gonna look and say, oh, you you're you're twins, you know, or whatever. Um, so you're all individuals, but it just means that in some way that aspect of compassion and really significant to who you are. Um, and the other bodyguard is your other bodyguard is a physical connector, which I really think is, is very relevant to your influencing. Um, physical connectors, and again, manifest, it can manifest in, in, in many different ways, and it can manifest in completely different ways for different people, but they have a talent, they have a gift, for presentation in one form or another. And again, that can take many different forms, but they have an ability to organize, whether it's their time or their space, with this perfect balance of efficiency and beauty. And it's just something about being in the world and sort of navigating or, you know, connecting, so to speak, right? Physical connector, just 
aspects of what's around them and what they're processing in a way that just, again, has efficiency and beauty and really brings those together. It's just a very intuitive talent. Um, and so I, I really see that. And the compassionate part, even if, you know, if you think about the, the social change maker, if you think about your content, right? You have sort of this balance where you present so just aesthetically pleasingly and have at the same time tremendous compassion. So it's sort of the external and the internal um, and really having a talent in, in, in both those arenas and a real gift that you bring to the world, honestly, and that you bring to relationship in both those arenas. I think that some of the complications that you've experienced relationships may have to do with the fact that you give a tremendous amount and the way giving and receiving works with your personality is very sort of There's, there's a lot of give and take for you naturally because so as a social explorer, what that means is what the social aspect of that means is that at a very mental level, how you define your is based on how you relate. So um, just, just to give a quick, put that in context. So in my personality algorithm, there are, personality types. And they're basically, if you think of kind of two axes and each axis has three options. So there that leaves, that makes for nine possible combinations. So where you are a social personality, some people are ideas personalities, and some people are physical personalities. And that relates to again, at the most fundamental level, how we define ourselves. So social personalities define themselves by how they relate. Literally, their identity is tied into how they relate. And that can include relating to themselves, but it certainly includes relating to others, relating to the world, relating to other people, relating to individuals, relating. Okay, whereas ideas, personalities define themselves based on just their internal thoughts and feelings, not just, but fundamentally they're based on their internal thoughts and feelings. So no matter where they are, they could be in a vacuum and that doesn't really make it harder for them to be themselves. Whereas for you as a social personality, if you found yourself in a vacuum, you would actually feel that your identity is stifled because relating is such an important part of your identity. Does that make sense? Does that feel right? Does that resonate? It does feel right. Yeah, 100%. Okay. So then you have, of course, there are physical personalities who define themselves based on some aspect of their physical experience in life, in the world, in their body. So again, you are primarily a social personality. Now, one of your bodyguards is also a social personality, the social change maker. Um, your other bodyguard is a physical personality, right? The physical connector. So you have some aspects of that as well. But right now, keeping it simple, the most fundamental level, you define yourself by how you relate. And so what that, you to be yourself, you need to be relating. So 
if you're in a relationship with someone who does not define themselves by how they relate, then they're possibly going to feel that you're too dependent on the relationship because your identity, it's not, not technically depends on it, but it's very, very anchored in it because how you are relating is, is how you define yourself, right? So people might look at it and, and, and criticize you because especially in our society, the whole principle of, you know, not, not being too dependent, I'll say, is, is, is sort of, it's a judgment. It's a real big judgment that we make. And I'm not talking about what's healthy, what's not healthy. I'm not making a judgment either way about it. I'm just describing that in our society, it would be, it would be very easy for you to be in a situation where you felt judged for literally for how you define yourself, for who you are, you would feel potentially judged. And, 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 and that might actually feed into even a sense of shame about it because of how our society relates to it. Does that make sense? No, that makes total sense. Okay. So what's really important is there are two pieces here. One piece is that no matter what our personality type, we all are constantly growing and learning. You know, every single personality type has, you know, I'll say a less healthy version, a more healthy version, just more mature, less mature, more self-aware, less self-aware, whatever that is, you know, it's very, it's very individual. Each personality type can be at any stage of, of sort of evolution, you know, in, in, in ourselves. Um, so there are always two parts. So there's def there's the part where, as you've been doing, you know, being just self-aware and, and you're so self-aware and you share that with your audience, which is so powerful and also recognizing that, that awareness, that whatever whatever sort of evolution that you are aiming for within yourself does not and shouldn't does not need to and should not include you actually changing who you are, right? So it's about recognizing, wait a minute, how I define myself is based on how I relate. and And there's so much beauty to that. Right. So it's really important to to make that distinction, which our culture doesn't really show you how to do. It doesn't our culture doesn't really, I don't think, really recognize that distinction so much. And it can be really hard because if you're working on yourself and you're working on some aspects that are totally are, are, are really in your best interest and really serve you and really help you evolve and, and become a happier person and, and just stronger in the ways that you want to be stronger and just, you know, be who you want to be. That's great. But then if that crosses over at some point without you realizing it into actually making you feel that you need to change who you actually are, that's going to backfire and sort of 
almost just go in the opposite direction. You know, it's, it, it, it's, it's, you're going to lose more than you gain. And so it's super important to, you know, to make that distinction and to know where that, where that line is. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so let's just say the other aspects of your social explorer. Um, so where you are a core explorer, there, there's an explorer, there are explorers, change makers and connectors. And all of us have actually all three of those between our core and our two bodyguards. We all have all three of those. And that really re responds to the question of what motivates us through life's challenges. So the, the fundamentally at a core level, you are an explorer, which means at the deepest level, what motivates you through life challenges is you're in the moment experience. So what I want to do just quickly, no, no one needs to memorize this, but just so that you have sort of that picture in your head of the nine personality types, which will help me explain um, kind of what I want to say next is, so there are nine personality types. Imagine them on a closed loop and whatever someone's core personality, the two on either side are their bodyguards. And it's a closed loop so that by the time we get to the last one, it then feeds back into the beginning. And, and I'll just say what those nine are. Um, so there's social explorer, social change maker, social connector, ideas explorer, ideas change maker, ideas connector, physical explorer, physical change maker, physical to the social explorer. Okay. So that's why if you take any three of those in a row, they have all three of the motivation factor, but your the core one, right? So, so at your most, most, most core, what motivates you through challenges is the in the moment experience. So you are a social explorer. There are other personalities. There's the ideas explorer and there's also the physical explorer. And those all mean different things because the way that they experience the moment is different. But for you as a social explorer, what that means is that what makes life worth living for you is the in the moment experience of relating. The in the moment experience of feeling that, that relationship, right? Um, does that make sense? Does that feel, does that resonate? Yeah. Okay. okay. So what that means is that if you're, you're always, your natural personality means that on, to some extent, you're always immersed in the in the moment feeling of relating, whatever that is. So if you're, if you're, if you're, if, if in a given moment, you're in the moment experience of relating in that moment feels painful. It, it just, it, it's just a dagger to the heart is an understatement. I mean, it just feels like it's, it's just undermining your, your sense of self. It's undermining your motivation to live. It's just, it just, it just cuts so deep. Right. So how you feel in relationship is is just is so powerful for you and 
that is nothing to be ashamed of. It's nothing to be ashamed of. The The key is to understand that. And then if you are find yourself in a moment like that. So as I, uh, as I mentioned before, it can also include relating to yourself. And I think you've experienced that where if you're in, in the moment, you're in the moment relating and things that are beyond your control, how people other than yourself are relating to you, what you're feeling in that, you, you can't, you can't control it. You can't, you can only control your side. But the beauty of relating is that we can also relate to ourselves or relate to our lives in a certain way. And so what I'll say is that it is super important for you to explore everything that relating can mean to you in your life, regardless of what anyone else does. So what that means for you to relate to yourself, for you to relate to your life, it's really important for you to understand that your sense of self will always and it's a beautiful thing. It will always be anchored in your in-the-moment experience of relating. It's just who you are. And that's a beautiful thing. And our society does not really know how to handle that. It really doesn't, um, you know, create a safe space for that. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's important to recognize that and to recognize that it's not, there's nothing wrong. It's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. You don't need to change that about yourself, but understanding that because our world, because our society doesn't really make a safe space for that, that you need to just know that you need to find places that feel safe and ways that you can feel safe in that, sense of self and that because our world does not know how to create a safe space for for the for that identity for how your sense of self manifests that to continue doing what you're doing which is really to continue to explore ways that you can feel safe just that being i'm sorry what so that makes sense yeah so any other thoughts before we go on to talking about who you might be most compatible with? Do you have any more thoughts on that? Do you want to, you know, comments, questions? I know I was speaking for quite a while. So just any any re reactions or just thoughts that you want to that you want to share? Yeah, not much, but I just say that I resonate a lot with that, especially within my last relationship. I think that a big, you know, it's nobody's fault per se. But a big um, thing was just me being able to be fully myself, um, be fully interested in the things that I do, um, fully engaged in the things that I do, whether regardless of, you know, the same person felt the same, had the same interests as me, essentially, or if they felt the same desires to do what I wanted to do. Um, that was a big thing. You know, they didn't always line up. Um, and that was often a big challenge for us um, in terms of goals or priorities or just me being able to do all of the things that I loved to do 
um, whether that was physically loved to do or if that was in, you know, internally loved to do, um, we weren't resonating on the same levels. Um, and that often became conflict rather than understanding. Um, so do you feel like giving an example? Yeah, um, I'd say, let's see, what would be a good example? <laughs> um, um, I think that a big thing would be just time, spending time. I always am a busy, busy, busy bee. Um, so I'd mm -hmm. often be doing lots of different activities, regardless if that's from YouTube to photo shoots, regardless of what that is. Um, there was always the impression that with them, and while I held this same understanding, and while I, of course, wanted to see them as much as I got the chance, as much as time as I had to see them, I always wanted to spend time with them. I wasn't always able to. And I mm -hmm. think that they took that as a me not being there with them all the time, whether that's coming over at night, having dinners, or that's, you know, spending the night or whatever, however that looked like to them, um, that physical um, in-person um, time um, for them that was, they saw that as me not caring. They saw that as me not, um, you know, caring about the relationship, whereas I, saw that as me exploring the facets of my life, doing what I wanted to do, wanting them to come along with me, of course, but at the same time, them knowing that, you know, I still cared for them. I still had the same feelings were still there, but at the same time, I needed room to do what I loved to do. Um, I needed room to continue doing the things I wanted to do, continue the things that brought, that brought me joy, um, including them, they brought me joy as well but without me feeling like I was tied down or stagnant or I guess for the lack of a better analogy, it felt as though if I was a bird and I had wings, um, at times those wings were like closed or clipped um, and I was unable to fly. So how do you think that relates to your personality type? Yeah, um, I'd say that with me being um, sort of within, especially within that social change um maker being very bodyguard yes um yeah so i guess the, the bodyguard rather than the core personality mm -hmm. type but um being i i am very out there with a lot of different things a lot of different projects a lot of just internally and externally nice. um and wanting to do new things everything i want to do new things i want to meet yes. new people i want to experience new facets of life. I would love to do that with somebody who I was romantically involved with, but regardless, that's something that, you know, I oftentimes don't even notice that I'm doing. Um, so whether that's saying yes to commitments or saying yes to people and doing something else instead, or I'm, I, I, I would want to say yes, man, but that has a negative connotation. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, and I don't notice that I'm doing these things. So a lot of times my partner might come to me and say, we haven't done this in a while or I don't like doing this or something like that. And it's not even occurring to me because my life, well, I don't want to say it's on autopilot, but it's, I'm hoping that the person would either ex come with me or ex understand or be my partner in wherever I'm going. Um, and I will say yes without even thinking about it. Right. Right. Now, I want it's what you say is so so interesting because um, it really speaks to something that I haven't talked about yet with your core personality, which is that 
social explorers are incredibly adaptive and they they just absorb, absorb, absorb from everything around them. And so that also includes absorbing from their bodyguards. So of all the personality types, if you had a hundred people of each personality type in a room, none of them, none of the, you wouldn't look at any of the rooms and say, oh, these people are clones of each other. But every, anyone, but you would say, wow, you know, these people have something in common. I can't put my finger on it. But what's interesting about social explorers is that if you had a room with a hundred social explorers, some people would even say these people have nothing in common. And they would never, that would not, they would not say that for any other personality type. But the thing with social explorers is because they very much are like our sponges. So they're sponges, you know, they absorb just, they're very, they're very, they like being influenced. They like taking in, right? So they take in from people around them. And like I said, they also take in from their bodyguard personalities. So what's really interesting, what I'm really hearing in what you're sharing is that your social change maker, your physical connector bodyguards are very, you know, they, they very much have their, not just time at the wheel, but, you know, they pretty much always have, you know, a hand on the wheel. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so what I, something that, that, and, and you tell me, tell me if this resonates or not, if it sounds right or not. I think that, so I'm just going to ask you if, if this is a scenario. And, and again, I, I don't know. Let's see. Um, it seems to me that it's possible uh, that when you first meet someone and there's sort of that chemistry, whatever energy that feels like makes you guys, you know, makes, makes you really want to connect with that person and feel like, okay, we're kind of headed into a romantic situation, a dating situation. Initially, when, when you're first in that moment, that the, you know, I don't mean this in a corny way, but sort of the magic of the moment, the magic of that sort of, you know, like if you're watching, you know, a, a Hollywood movie, a rom-com, and, you know, there's just that moment when their eyes meet, you know what I mean? That sense of, of that connection, that moment really, really speaks to your social explorer personality. So in that moment, there's, you're not, you, there's nothing else that's taking precedence. Like the, the thing that had that, that experience that in the moment feeling, you know, just, just that in the moment being with them, that in the moment relating experience with that person is just the ultimate. And it's just, that's all that matters in that moment. But that once that moment passes or once you're in the relationship, right? It's kind of been established. Mm -hmm. Then your bodyguard personalities, which are extremely critical to just your life. I mean, they're just, you know, active players in how you live, your day-to-day, -day, what you want to achieve, just just what you enjoy doing, um, how you want to fill your life, that those then really become 
sort of sort of take the lead. And so the other person might feel it sort of can be two extremes. On the one hand, there will be moments when they feel like, wait a minute, where was that? Where was that magic? Where was that focus that you were giving to me in that moment? And they sort of feel like, wait a minute, you, you know, sort of not with words, but with your sort of how you related to them initially, you promised, right? There was that promise of that type of connection. And then they're not feeling it from you. And they may be social personalities as well. Um, And or it could go the other way that you, let's say you're very involved in your bodyguards, but then let's say for whatever reason, circumstances, you know, you have a certain period of time, whether it's a day or a week or even, you know, a few hours where you got nothing to do. You know, all your projects are just sort of in, in a waiting period for whatever reason. And in that moment, your social explorer core becomes super, you know, it's suddenly like, wait, what? I'm finding myself like, wait, I need to, okay, uh, wait, the, my, my space is not filled with my bodyguard stuff. So like, okay, now I, now I need to relate. Now I really need that relating experience. And at that moment, if there's no one around who's reciprocating, who's responding to that, that it then hits you hard. Is that, is it what I've just described? What parts of it resonate? What parts don't resonate? You know, what, what, what what's your response? <laughs> um, I actually, uh, not in, not being sad or anything, but just tearing up a little bit because it's like spot on. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Um, it's like to like the T. Um, and you put it perfectly in words that I have not been able to put it into, but mm-hmm. that's exactly, but like exactly what happens. Um, mm-hmm in the sense that I know a lot of people who I've, not a lot of people, but the people who I've dated yeah. in the past or talked to have said they'll feel that, especially the the strength of the intimacy, the strength of the connection, the physicality when we're together, the yes. honeymoon quote unquote period is yeah. intense, very, very yeah. intense. Right. And then not that it necessarily goes away, but when I become busy um, yep. and I get interested in my work, um, in my mind, you know, it's, it's still there because yes. I, I just, I'm not thinking, I guess, about it, but they notice the, for them, it's a withdrawal. Yep. 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 Um, And then, and then is there a part where there'll be time when, when you're ready to go back to it, but then, you know, they've sort of, you know, you know, they've, they've, they're no longer connected, you know, they're no longer waiting. Yes. Um, so I guess really in my last, I guess it all kind of refers to my last relationship as the yeah. best point of reference I have is that yeah. Um, yeah. when we actually ended up splitting, um, it was at that point where I was, I was almost in like a confused shock state because mm-hmm. I felt as though I had no idea that you felt this way or that you felt disconnected. I've, mm-hmm. I've always felt connected, but then trying to go back to that, you know, real strength of connection or that real source mm-hmm. being like, Hey, I'm still here. Let's do all these things. Let's do all this. Let's, you know, spend all the nights in together, um, you know, really coming back full force, but it not being yeah. there anymore because I had been gone. Right. <laughs> or, you know, emotionally Absolutely. gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
do you have you found like coming back now and feeling like okay you're really ready to you know to let that relationship come to you you know the relationship that that's that's really going to just feel right um how do you have any sort of takeaways in terms of okay this is how i'm going to this is something different that I'm going to bring to a relationship from now on to sort of, you know, regroup with that. So, so that I don't, so that, that I don't go through that experience again. Like what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, I think it's twofold. Um, Part of it is realizing that, okay, um, you know, not to go off the deep end or to, have these erratic changes because for some people, for me, they're not, you know, I'm on autopilot. I'm not thinking about it, but for some people they feel, you know, the dip off, they feel it very like it's a ledge and all of a sudden Mm -hmm. the next day I'm full speed ahead in a thousand different things and the relationship is not. So I think it's reminding myself to, you know, continue to explore, continue to do all the things that bring me joy and to meet people and to, pick up projects and to continue to help, you know, the community, but to do so in a way that is also, you know, with my partner, sort of that idea of um, I'll say yes to anything before even thinking about what it means for the future or my schedule or, you know, Mm -hmm. so maybe bringing it to my partner and saying like, this is happening and, you know, talking it out together. I think Um, the other hand of that is also realizing that since being single, you know, it's been a year um, now, um, a little bit, maybe even over a year, but being single and having been on a few dates with other people, nothing that's obviously matured to relationship yeah. as I'm still single, but realizing that I've dated other people and they've been perfectly okay with the way that I've been or, you know, yeah. the, the faces yeah. that go through. And that's something that was new to me because it was yeah. always criticized or chastised or put down as a negative. Um, but I would, I believe I was dating, had a few dates with someone over the summer um, and she had told me, I said I was busy doing a project or something and that I'd be doing the project. I was filming for an extra, I was an extra in a film um, and I was away for three or four days and they didn't contact me at all during that three or four days. And I asked them why they didn't because I thought maybe they were mad at me or something. And they said, oh, well, you said that you would be busy. <laughs> um, and that was something that I was not, used to it. It's like, I did say I would be busy. I did say that I, I that's completely true. But yeah. my last relationship, I would have been still, um, not hounded is the wrong word. That's probably some animosity there, but I would have been contacted multiple times. And then yeah. in my inability to respond efficiently or yeah. respond quickly or respond at all, that would have been criticized. So looking and realizing that that's that person's viewpoint and what they want in a relationship, but not everyone shares that. Absolutely. What I want to do at this point, I think it's it's really a really good segue into really talking about the personality type that I think you would be most compatible with. So what I want to do is, even though obviously it's not that it was a relationship and then broke up, but still, why did that, what was missing in that dynamic that made it not turn into a relationship? Yeah, I think it was... A lot of it was, this was over the summer, so a lot of it was being hung up on my last relationship, um, not, you know, I was trying to replace somebody rather than start something new. 
Mm. Um, and I, until recently, I didn't I realize I was doing that. Um, so now looking, you know, I talked about organically looking and not trying to find anything specifically, but just, just searching. I think also just the love, because I was trying to replace something rather than start something new, there wasn't that tranquility, that sense of peace, that sense mm. of calmness that I was feeling when I was with that person. Um, it was more so a, an eagerness, a, um, mm. like a, we need to do this so I can replace. It felt very, um, forced isn't necessarily the correct word, oh. but it felt like something was missing. And that's because the thing that was missing was my last relationship that I was trying to replace. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 When you, if you envision, and, and again, we sort of, this is a little bit um, circling back to sort of the beginning of the conversation, because again, we don't want to be too analytical with this, but um, you talked a lot, of course, about peace and all that, but I'm going to sort of um, pivot a little bit and say, okay, picture not the relationship, but actually picture, not literally, but sort of energetically, picture a sort of um, like like imagine an aura type image, you know what I mean, um, mm-hmm. of that person. What? You know what? What do you feel about it? Like, like if you if you're trying, oh, I feel that that person is, you know, just and again, it doesn't, it, n- not not in an analytical way, but just like maybe just give me some you know words that just come to you that would describe the just the vibe of this person or something about them. I it kind of goes back to I don't know. I just keep thinking of. I guess home is a maybe a cliche way to describe it, but mm. somebody who I think my past relationships, there was always often anxiety or mm. I was always not afraid of them. Like they were going to hurt me, but there was fear mm. for me bringing up the wrong thing or fear that this would happen. Um, so I want to feel at home <laughs> and I feel a sense of, in terms of just the aura or emotions around what this person would be, it would be a feeling of, comfortability comfortability home peace Mm -hmm. but at the same time not just fitting in perfectly but also a sense of risk excitement risk isn't the right word excitement Mm -hmm. is the right word um feeling excited to see them go home the excited attacks that sort of intensity that love intensity that you feel um i enjoy that feeling (laughs) are you able to sort of pinpoint or narrow down or focus in on something about them that makes you feel that way? What is it about them? Like, and again, just, just, I don't know, a sense of, I, I don't know. I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get like, what about them makes you feel that way? Can, is there anything you could sort of say any words or just any, any direction you can go in with that? I think it's the way that they relate to me. Oh, well, relate. <laughs> um, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's the way that they. Um, so if you had to, yeah, if you had to, if you had to describe how they relate to you, what would, what would, what would be some words you would use to describe how they relate to you? They hear me and not just hear me, but they comprehend me. Um, when I talk, they, there's a sense of, understanding and 
non-judgmental understanding when I talk. And it's not just me talking and then saying, yes, they're okay, but they empathize um, and they actually hear me comprehend and process what I'm saying, what I'm feeling, um, even if I'm not saying it, if I'm feeling a certain type of way um, Mm -hmm. and I don't say it off the bat, or if my mood is a certain type of way, they Mm -hmm. are under, they are meeting me at that level um, before I even maybe have to say it. They just Mm -hmm. know. Um, Mm -hmm. And then if I'm speaking to them, there's this, I imagine in my mind at least, because I think I've felt it before, but there's Mm -hmm. this look in their eye or anybody's eye really, but specifically in someone that I'm looking for, this Mm -hmm. look in their eye that you know that they care um, Mm -hmm. and that they care care about listening. They're not just listening because I said, I need to talk to you or I have something to say. Um, So do you think that you would be compatible with someone who um, really prioritized um, the world. Like if, if they're sort of at a, at a very, very, very fundamental level, if I, well, let me ask you, ask it a different way. If you were in a relationship with someone who was very involved in, um, in, in some cause, some cause in the world, and you knew they loved you, that was not like whenever they were with you and you know, there was dedicated time, they would be happy to dedicate time. You know, absolutely, you could feel that they loved you. But there would be times when you would want their attention and they would say, you know, I'm doing this thing in the world and it's really important. So it's a sort of variation on what you've said about yourself, but like, how would, are you okay with that? With someone being like, look, I'm doing this thing in the world. It's important. At, you know, it's, it's, it's globally important in some way. And right now I need you to wait. You know, if you want my attention, you need to wait to get my attention until I am done with what I need to do in the world. Does that, how does that, is that a trigger for you? Are you totally cool with that? Uh, how would that feel to you? You know, I'd like to say that I'm totally cool with that. <laughs> but knowing I've never, now that you asked the question, I don't think I've, which is weird because I'm such a, you know, I, I believe in social change. I believe in public good. I believe in projects that support that heavily. Yeah. It's my whole thing. Yeah. I don't think I've ever dated someone, you know, who's, you know, they've definitely believed in social good, but I don't right. think I've dated somebody who's been on the, at least on the same level and there's different levels and it's yeah. not that that's not the thing but has had the same work that I've had yeah so while I would like to say yes I would I love that I haven't experienced it and I think that would sound great but I I don't know um I think I would be okay with that but I think that part of me in the sense in terms of the intensity that I love and um uh-huh. that closeness that I feel I've never experienced it not when I was ready to experience like if, if I'm ready to now go back if I'm done oh. working on things or if I'm ready to experience it again it's always been there so I'll, I'm not sure how exactly would react if it wasn't there and they were doing the same things that I was doing and it just didn't mm-hmm. match up at the same time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um I'm gonna ask you 
totally different question. Um, if you were in a relationship with someone who was really just having a good time was very important to them. And, and I'm, again, I don't mean that. I'm not, I'm not bringing any judgment to that. I'm just really describing that that's just having a good time was very, very important to them. Okay. Have you ever dated someone who you would describe that way? Yes. Okay. Um, is, do you feel like what made that not work is something that tells you, okay, that's not the right personality for you or what made that not work was because you weren't in the right place or, you know, there was both of you sort of just needed to evolve more or whatever, or do you feel it's a fundamental? Nope. Um, and I'm, I'm asking not because I think it would be a good fit. Um, this is a pure question. It's purely, I just really want to know your response. I do not have an opinion yet. I'm asking because I'm trying to narrow it, narrow down. You know what I mean? So just whatever's real, don't, I'm just asking. How do you feel about that? I think I have, I've definitely dated somebody who's, who's felt that way or who's embodied that image um, in that spirit. And I think that in the past, the people who have done that have not worked out specifically because at, while I do like being social and I am very social and very active in many different projects, I'm also weirdly enough a homebody <laughs> um, in the sense that I I really do enjoy my space or mm-hmm. our space if I'm dating somebody. And if I'm not out there at a designated time doing something or if it's not, if it's not something specific, I'm not a very... I like to stay home and I like to be with somebody that I love and someone close and within mm-hmm. that space. And that's why it hasn't really worked out because they all see that as a, um, as you don't do much or you don't like to do exactly. much or you don't like to exactly. go out. And that's Absolutely. just because I like to be with them because I'm always out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Based on what you've told me, I feel like the personality that, that I would choose um that I think you would have the greatest chance of success in a long-term sustainable relationship with would be the social change maker. Now, sometimes when two people are compatible, they have no overlap in their personalities. Sometimes they have some overlap. Rarely, but sometimes they can even be the same personality type. That's actually probably the least common, but it still can happen. I think that in your case, someone who is a social change maker, which means they would have two out of three overlaps with you. So your core of social explorer would be one of their bodyguards. Their core of social change maker would be one of your bodyguards. And then each of you would have a bodyguard that was not shared with the other person. So of all the personality types, hearing everything you've said about really what you need to feel peace, what you need to feel just right in a relationship, I really see issues with every other personality type that I think sort of would would be fundamental. Um, With the social change maker, I still see that communication would really be something that would that would need to be prioritized, you know, to make sure that that 
you, you could really establish that sense of peace and that really that, that the whole relationship would to ground the whole relationship in that peace that you could always go back to. I do think that communication would be essential, uh, especially in the early stages. Um, when I say early stages, I mean, after the honeymoon, you know what I mean? Like the early yeah. stages of sort of establishing the logistics of, of the relationship. Um, but let, let me say, why I would why I would pick the social change maker. So when a personality is a core personality and then when a personality is a bodyguard personality, there are certain usually and there can be exceptions to this, but usually there are certain fundamental differences in sort of how they play out. Um, so you have a social change maker bodyguard and because your core personality is so open and so flexible, you would, the social change maker component can very much actually feel almost like a core personality. But you also have your other bodyguard, which is a physical connector. So your core personality would incorporate some aspects of social change maker, but it would, that would be coupled with aspects of physical connector and even aspects of the social explorer core. Like it would sort of all, in some ways it would just be, it would almost be like the three personalities, your your personality triad, your core and two bodyguards, almost like would, would sort of, you know, whip up into one personality type sort of that would then, you wouldn't so much, it wouldn't be so easy to separate out. With a lot of personalities, you can really sort of, almost separate out, you know, when their core is in charge, when one bodyguard's in charge, when the other bodyguard's in charge. I would say that for you, um, even, even for some social explorers, it's easier to sort of identify, you know, separate out. But for you specifically, I would say that the ultimate sort of capacity of the social explorer to just, to just, you know, just adapt and be flexible and sort of just the sponge quality really is just to the max where it's just your bodyguards are just welcomed in by your core personality and they all become one for you. It's almost like your core personality actually includes all these elements, including your bodyguards. Whereas for someone who is a core social change maker, there will very much be a distinction when between when their core personality is at the wheel, when one or both bodyguards are sort of at the wheel. Um, so here's here's sort of how I'm envisioning it. Um, someone who is a core social change maker fundamentally at, at their deepest, at their deepest core, right? Compassion is just an essential part of who they are. And I think that for you, it's, that's, it's, it's really, it's important. It's valuable. It really would establish
the trust and the sense of safety that would really be, I think, pivotal for you in a sustainable relationship. So what I want to know is, first of all, does that resonate for you? Does that sound right? Do you feel like you've ever been in a relationship with someone who is a social change maker? It sounded like from what you said before, not, but I sort of want to ask that question again, um, you know, just to sort of, if you have any other thoughts on that, like, does that feel like, does that, does that click for you? And does it feel like you've had any relationship that maybe was in that category or, you know? Yeah. Um, I'd say that my last relationship, they definitely were, it was just, their place in life. They were younger than me, so they were still in college. Um, so they were in college. That was their number one priority, I think. Um, so I think just the work that we were doing looked a little bit differently. But mm. I've also been in relationships where they have not been, and it's been a problem right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. Um, in yeah. the sense that we didn't share the same outlook on life, or we just, I see it as a, as a big deal to help people, help the community to do more yeah. than, not that, you know, it's everyone's personal personal view of course. but of um, course. for me that's extremely important that that person cares about doing the same so was there anything about that relationship that was there any aspect of their sense of responsibility to the world that got in the way of your relationship um, the non-social change maker? The social change maker. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm confused. Okay. So you were saying the person that you were in a relationship with in college was the social change maker or no? Potentially or no? Um, when they were in college. Um, I was out of college by then, but yes. They okay. Were. They were in college. So was there any aspect of them being a social change maker that you can, that you imagine, that you could think of, that feels, is, is there any aspect of them that feels to you like it was part of their social change maker core personality that sort of felt not compatible for you? No, not within okay. that realm, okay. actually. <laughs> I'm not sure if they get okay. it. Just... Okay, okay. I just wanted, that's why I'm just checking before kind of going on. So, if someone had a social change maker core personality, again, very committed to, um, to giving in the world. And the thing with social change makers is that, especially because one of their bodyguards, which is not the bodyguard shared with you, is their social connector. And social connectors are... The, the social connector personality is what I describe as the essential leadership personality. Now, every personality can lead in, in some form or other. But what I mean by that is sort of diplomatic leadership, right? If you think of, and I don't mean this in a good or bad way, I think it's very individual, but like how a politician would lead, like there's, it's sort of something that they, they sort of, um, you know, there's a certain diplomacy, a diplomatic quality to how they would lead. Like, you know, you would know that they're keeping certain things about themselves close to the vest, right? But it, it, it's sort of a, a magnetism. It's sort of, 
that that personality type, even as a bodyguard, would really encourage the person internally to want to be as successful as possible, whatever success means to them. It doesn't have to be money or power or anything. It's whatever success means to them. But if they're a social change maker, success would mean the more people I can help, the more successful I am. So a social change maker with a social connector bodyguard, especially if it's a strong bodyguard, which it typically would be, would be very much the more people they could give to, the better. The more, the bigger the change they can make in the world, the better. So there would be likely, it is likely that there would be times when you might feel that they were prioritizing their definition of success over their relationship with you. Now, in the relationship with you, they would also, as long as they, as long as they weren't feeling resentful in any way. So something that I think is, is not uncommon with social change makers is that because they're so focused on giving, they perceive themselves as giving a lot, which they usually are. That if they feel unappreciated, then they feel resentful. So the potential sort of areas of conflict that I could see coming up for this personality with you would be, number one, that you would feel like they were prioritizing the world at large more than they were prioritizing you. And that if they felt that you didn't appreciate or value the ways that they were giving to you, they would feel resentful. Have you ever felt either of those dynamics? Did you feel either of those dynamics in that relationship? Yes, I did actually. Um, both? I think about it. Both or um, just? In terms of both of the feelings? Yeah, both issues. Like the one issue being that you felt that they were prioritizing. Well, you said because they were in college, you didn't so much feel that they were prioritizing the world over you because they were in college and but maybe even if they were focused on something they were doing at college, I don't know. So that's two, what it would have been the focus so on college. You did feel that they were focused on college more than you. And did you also feel that whatever they did give to you, they, they felt resentful because they felt you weren't appreciating enough. That also happened. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. I'm laughing because it's, it happened. <laughs> yeah. So here's my question. Cause honestly, as I go through, the other eight personalities in my mind, I see deeper issues. So the thing with the social change maker is that I see these issues, but if both people were committed to, to making the relationship feel good to both people, there, there, there are ways to overcome that. Like it, it's just, it's, it's about communication. It's about understanding all that. Whereas with each of the other eight personality types, I see fundamental issues that, all the communication in the world would not really be able to get rid of, you know, would not really resolve. So that's what's sort of bringing me to this personality type. Do you feel like if you, if you were going into a relationship that you knew would have these issues, but that you felt like, okay, I'm also being given the tools and the other person is also aware and being given the tools to how to make sure that it doesn't interfere with the sustainability of our relationship, 
that like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, as long as I know I have the tools to really, you know, work through it and to sort of, you know, stay healthy in the relationship, that's cool. Or you feel like, nope, don't want to deal with it. Like just, no, 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 no. I'm not going back there. I'm not, I don't want to be feeling that. I just, no. What's your, Um, what's the first one? I think if the tools were there and understanding, I think it's hard, (laughs) but yeah. I think it's doable yeah. and something that I look for or would be looking yeah. for. Yeah. Because I really, I could be, obviously could be wrong, but I really, every single other personality just, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing an issue that it's just not, you know what I mean? I, yeah. It's just, it would, be, it would be like, you know, swimming upstream, you know what I mean? Just, just, and it would never let up. Like there would always be sort of the current pushing against in some way. And, and that's not, that's just not going to work. You know, that's not what you want. At least again, how I see it. So I feel like with this personality type, again, you have two overlaps. So you're able to understand each other. Although the way each of you sort of the within each of you, the relationship between the social explorer and the social change maker, which both of you have, but the relationship between them, how they function within would be totally different, but you would have a fundamental sense if you if you if you had the tools to communicate you'd be able to communicate with the other person would suddenly be like oh i get it because they have that core in them and they would just understand that the way you do it is different you know what i mean the way you sort of manifest that char- that set of characteristics of that toolbox as i say personality is, is a toolbox as i see it so the way it would basically be like to give you an analogy so we have our core toolbox and our two bodyguard toolboxes. So for you, essentially the way you are, I would say you've taken all three toolboxes and just, you know, found a much bigger toolbox and put all the tools from all three toolboxes in that one toolbox. And now you have one big toolbox and it's very well organized within that toolbox. So what you've actually done, because if you kept the toolboxes as they were, you, you're like, okay, wait a minute. No, but I want these two tools to be together, right? So, so, so for you, now you have this one toolbox that you can organize whatever you want, the way you want. Does that make sense? And so you have the tools actually organized very differently than they would be if they were kept separate. Does that make sense? Yes. Whereas this other person, the social change maker, they're keeping, they have their social change maker core toolbox, and then they have their social connector toolbox, which probably works very much hand in hand with the social explore toolbox, but they probably still keep each toolbox separate. And then they have their um, social explore toolbox, which again, kept separate. It's sort of, you know, so therefore initially there'll be confusion because there'll be certain signs where they're like, Oh yeah, you're like me in this way. And then suddenly you do something you're like, okay, wait a minute. I would never do that. How did, Whoa, I don't know. What? I don't know. What? Had that? And then, but once they understand that you're the way you use, even though two thirds of your tools are technically the same, the when and how and why you use them is very different or is possibly very different. And so once each of you understands that about the other, then you'd be like, oh, that's cool. Oh my God, I can totally see. That's a cool way to use that tool. I wouldn't do it, but that's pretty cool. Very creative of you. You know what I mean? Sort of, does that make sense? No, it does. It does completely. Okay. So I think that the, the root 
of the, the communication that would really be critical. Um, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm biased, you know, I'm coming from, you know, my personality algorithm, right? Because, because to me, that's my language. But what I would say, honestly, is that um, familiarizing, becoming familiar, allowing yourself to become familiar with this personality type language, with this, you know, core and bodyguard toolbox language, I think would really give you excuse the pun, all the tools you need, you know what I mean? Like would really sort of make it possible to communicate through everything because you are someone who is very much a communicator, um, social change maker. So here's what I would say. So social change makers can be extremely comfortable communicating, but the way they communicate is less touchy-feely than the way you communicate. So what would be really important is that, I would definitely say it would be important for them to have that their social explore bodyguard be either already well-established or that they would want to sort of bring it to the fore more within the context of the relationship. Because here's something I'll say, typically, I think if you had a hundred social change makers in a room, maybe half of them or more would not have very developed social explorer bodyguards because both the social change maker and the social connector are so like want to be at the wheel and the social explorer is not going to be pushy. So it's sort of the social floor would sort of just be, you know, it would sort of, there'll be moments when let's say the social change makers interacting with someone and, or, you know, with a group of people and they sort of, you know, really want to understand, you know, they, they sort of want to be in a place of just being able to take in what everyone is saying. And then it might be very circumstantial where they would go to that social, obviously not consciously, but you know, that the, the, their sort of subconscious would go to that social explorer toolbox, right? So that they could do that, but it would be something that was very circumstantial. I would say for the most part, social change makers would have very circumstantial social explore bodyguards. If, so that's fine as long as they would recognize the importance, the value of developing their social explore bodyguard in order to optimize their relationship with you and their ability to communicate with you in a way that really feels safe and productive for both of you. Does that, do you need, do you want me to be more specific about that? Or does that, do you already understand what I'm saying or do you have any thoughts on it? Um, I mean, it makes sense to me. I think that I have like, well, not specific, specific examples, but um it makes sense <laughs> in the short, I'm just processing it still, you know? Um, um, like for example, so let's pick one of the two issues. So let's say there was the issue where you felt they were giving too much attention to a project they were working on. Okay. And you really felt that they were neglecting you. So you would need to be able to communicate in a way that 
really did not demand that they change what they're doing, but that helped you both find ways that the time that they were with you, which they would be, they, they would, they should typically that social change makers typically are very understanding of the need for quality time. That's not something that would be lost on them. So it would be very important that you not demand that they, you know, take more time away from, you know, their, their, what they're doing in the world. Um, but you could say, you know what, I do need, when we have quality time, this is what I need from you. Okay. I, I need, you know, more of this. And in order for them to really be open to that, they would have to be valuing their own social explorer toolbox because that's the toolbox that would allow them to hear you when you ask for that, because otherwise they would, however irrational, they would go to that place of resentment of saying, you're just asking me, you know, why you, why do you need more from me? I'm already giving you so much, like without really being able to hear that you're very much respecting who they are and that you're just also respecting yourself enough to say, hey, you know, when we have quality time, you know, this is what I need, right? So in order to be able to hear that, they would need to be engaging in their social explorer bodyguard. So I would say, I don't know if the previous relationship you had, how developed their social explorer uh, toolbox or bodyguard was, but I would say that, um, like I said, at least 50% of social change makers would not really uh, of their own accord be super valuing their social change maker bodyguards. So that's something you'd want to look out for. I mean, this person, when you came across this person, again, I think you'd know, you know, they would feel very compassionate, clearly focused on giving to the world in, in, in some major way. Um, so then you want to make sure that they also have this other toolbox, which, so social change maker is about, if I had to use one word, I would say compassion. Okay. Social explorer is about empathy. Those are two different things. Compassion and empathy are two different things. So, but, but it's easy to confuse them. Usually when people meet someone who has a lot of compassion in their brain, it's like, oh, and this person has a lot of empathy. And obviously they have some empathy, but it, it's a distinctly different quality. Compassion and empathy are distinctly different. So you would want to make sure that when you're connecting with this person, you're feeling their capacity for empathy, not just for compassion. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. <laughs> um, so, and, and going to the other issue where, um, again, well, we really connected both issues, right? Where they sort of feel resentful, but that that's where that, again, that bodyguard comes in. So, that sort of feels like in a nutshell, a big nutshell, you know, um, you know, what really sort of my thoughts and, and where I, you know, sort of what I would, um, you know, the, the foundation upon which I would sort of build you finding someone who's compatible and sort of, you know, what I think would have the greatest chance of success. Um, any, any, Thoughts, comments, questions, anything you want to add? Um, 
nothing besides the fact that it all makes sense <laughs> um, I, and I hear yeah. that and it and it yeah it makes sense given the past and it just makes sense <laughs> sorry for the lack of a better word or phrase I yeah no I mean um thank you I I really I you know it, it means so much to me um when uh what I'm saying does resonate for people. You know, it really, that's, that's something that really um, I'm very grateful for, very grateful for. So um, let's not forget, please let people know how they can reach out to you, um, which is the best social media platform or how would you like people to, to reach out? Yeah. Um, my name across all social media is, virtually the same from Snapchat to Facebook to Instagram, but to YouTube. Um, but Instagram is the easiest way for me to answer direct messages. Um, YouTube is the best way to get to know me. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But the handle on that is, you know, the little at um, sign and then Don, D-O-N, Julius, J-U-L-I-U-S. And then that's three S's at the end. So at Don Julius. That's D-O-N-J-U-L-I. U S S S. Perfect. Wonderful. This has been really so, so fascinating, powerful, just a pleasure. Um, thank you so much, Julius, for, for joining me on this episode and for letting me interview you and just your openness and it really just, it's just been wonderful. Um, of course. So, Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really my pleasure. Thank you to our listeners. Really appreciate you joining us until next time. Have a great week. Thank you for listening in to this speaking of dating profiles interview. If you are single and looking and would like to be interviewed, please send us a message through our contact form on www.unconflict.com. That's www.unconflict.com. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to Speaking of Humanity, a podcast about human connection.